The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Of Lords, He is your helper, and He's not just to be taken on and off a shelf. He's to dwell in you and be amongst you in your time of need. And your time of joy. And your time of blessing. Not just in the valley should we seek the Lord. Amen. Right? Does he bring us through the valleys? Yes. How many of you ever been in a valley? How many of you felt you're all alone? But you know there was one right there with you, ready to hook up to you. Hook up to your bumper. If you would let them hook up to your bumper. If you would let God hook up to your bumper and help you get out of your mess. If you would allow God, the King of Kings, the name above every name, to allow that connection, that, that wonderful unity of the Holy Spirit to help you through every situation. Amen? He's an awesome God. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that those are watching today, that they may hear the Word of God today because, because I've, I've got something new for you, a nugget for you. It's not a new thing. It's the same word. Just it's being revealed to me differently here recently in a way that I could understand. How many of you, how many of you read maybe a verse a dozen times and, and then something all of a sudden, the Word of God jumps out at you? How about, how about when Pastor Rob was here last week? Did, did, did the man of God bless you? Did, did he reach you in a way? You see, I, I've met Pastor Rob before a couple different times, but I never heard the man minister before. And the Holy Spirit was in that man blessing at levels that I don't know if you realize the amount of levels that that man was ministering to. He spoke in a way, you know, and I, I think there's a little bit in all of us where we, we get concerned about our abilities and our, our uh, eloquent speaking, our ability to speak to in front of people. I know some of you probably never have that problem speaking in front of people. But it's something you've got to overcome because God's using you as a mouthpiece. Amen. And there's people around you that need to hear what's been put in you. And you're not a reservoir. You're designed to, to be rivers of living water flowing out of you. Right. And how many of you uh, can, can appreciate the battles and struggles when we are new in ministry of trying to allow that water to flow out of us to bless people? And there's something to be learned by that in our growth and our walk with the Lord because, because the devil like to come in there and put up these dams and these walls that prevents you from being a blessing. Come on, somebody. And, and Pastor Rob, he, he came to this house and he blessed us. Yes. Mighty man of God that I've never heard before speak. And, and he ministered in a way that I could really, I loved the way that he ministered. In a, and I don't know about you, but I got something. Amen. Amen. To come to this house and minister in a way that encourages us and strengthens us is the equipping of the saints. Amen. Amen? Amen. And it's wonderful that when you're around other mighty men of God because something just rubs off on you. Right? How many of you, how many of you need, maybe have a need in this area, a need in that area, and then there's a word spoken, all of a sudden it just charges your spirit a little bit. Amen. You know, it, you may have had a challenging week, right? But maybe 
half the message, you're like, okay, yeah, that's the word of God. But there was a nugget in there that goes, ha ha, there's something there. I'm going to dig into that a little bit. I'm going to pray about that a little bit and have, have a little time with the, the Lord to reveal. It's like, because there's something in him that I can appreciate. The simplicity, but yet the depth that the man of God spoke. And he, and he shared something, uh, whether he realized it or not, but it, it, it encouraged my faith. It strengthened my faith. It, it got me thinking about certain things in my faith and your faith. You know, because many people say, well, I believe in Jesus. Right? Many people say they're born again. That's wonderful. That's, I have faith. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in heaven one day. When I take my last breath, I'm, I'm assured that I'm going to be present with the Lord. And it's a wonderful thing to have the faith because at one time I didn't have that kind of faith. I couldn't even believe that God could use me for anything. I, 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 my faith was so uh, unformed in nature that I didn't feel that I was worthy because I'd done so much wrong. There's no way that I could ever stand up here and talk to you about anything because I'd done so much wrong. How could God ever use somebody like this? How could I speak and feel good about myself and strengthen myself enough to encourage myself to feel like I can look and minister the Word of God? Well, God had a plan and a purpose. There was a process that had to happen in me that... that it kind of ties all the messages together. Where do you believe in your touch? Do you believe that the Holy Spirit is in you to be used of God to go out and minister to others and be effective? Because that man of God has got it. He, he believes in his touch. Yes. He has faith in God, believing. It ain't on him, but it's in him, through him, that those would be healed. Mm-hmm. That when he speaks, things happen. Right. You know, and I see those same qualities in Pastor J.C., how often do we maybe not catch it sometimes because we're so familiar? Husbands and wives, you're, you're so familiar that you, you miss a nugget from God because you're so familiar with the person that you forget the difference between a husband and a wife versus a pastor or a pastor's wife. Right? When the anointing is on you and you're like, listen, I'm telling you, and no, 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 no. I'm telling you, no, 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 no. And we dismiss it. But a man of God gets in the pulpit, and we're all ears, aren't we? But in our own homes, do we pay attention? Do we pay attention, or is everybody so comfortable with everybody that we don't recognize the difference between the anointing of a dad and when the pastor or a prophet or apostle is ministering at all different levels? And it's, it, it is interesting to me because this man of God... I believe was sent in our lives. Thank you, Pastor, for for that divine appointment. Because it taught me something about faith. That I've, you know, we've all got a measure of faith, right? We've all been given a measure. But what are you doing with it? What? When do you apply it? How do you apply it? When do you use it? Does your faith all over, all of a sudden run out, or is it always running over? How do you develop that faith that when you speak, you just know? that God's going to answer your prayers. You just know that things are going to happen in your life. You just know that God's got this. Amen? Amen? 
How, how did Pastor know when we went from building to this beautiful building? How did Pastor stand on the Word of God and say, God's got this? And several people are like, well, I'm searching, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm praying, I'm looking, I'm praying, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. God's got this. Fear not, don't worry. Yeah, but we're here, we're meeting here, we're meeting. God's got this. And I watched the man of God stand solid on that faith. I, I watched Pastor Rob, and he told us stories of accounts of what he did recently. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know, when, when some, sometimes that stuff happens, you ever have somebody tell you stories and different things, you're like, wow, that's awesome for you, but I kind of messed that up. I think I kind of failed in that area. But it's awesome that you were so faithful, that you were so determined, and you were like a rock. You were like a beacon of light in a storm. But yet, man, I kind of wavered. That happened to anybody? You know people that are strong around you, and you feel like you're in a storm wavering all over the place, going, what do I do? What's happening? We got, we got this coming at us, this But yet you have people around you that seem like it doesn't affect them. You know, like, you know, like Peter and Jesus sleeping in the boat, and Peter is wigging out because of the storms. Remember that story? But, but Jesus is sleeping. He's like, I don't know what you're all worried about. If you just go to bed and relax, you'd be okay. But you know, God puts people on our path like that. And sometimes we look at ourselves as lower, and we shouldn't look at ourselves as lower. We should be grateful that, that God has placed great men and women in our path to help buoy us along and strengthen us in our faith so that we would, we would rise to the occasion, we would rise in that area of our lives instead of feeling insignificant, instead of feeling like we're not worthy, we're, we need to recognize that God has put someone in our path to help us get out of the ditch, get out of the area, tow us home, whatever, help us, whatever we got to do. But God has put someone in your path to get you through that trial. Amen. But sometimes we miss the trial. We miss the connection of the trial. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to help you today, because if you would go with me into James uh, verse 1, and this isn't on your screen. This is, this is jumping off the pages at me through prayer this morning of connecting the dots. And James 1 verse 2. You know, how do you see a trial? How do you see the situations in your life and when people around you? Because sometimes I've really failed in this area of why me? Oh, I'm going through this again. What's happening? And then why has pastor got it all figured out in this area? And he can just walk in faith. How come, how come pastor here, pastor there? How can they do this and be strengthened and know that God's got this? When I feel like I'm just sinking. And there's something here. There's something so wonderful here in the Word of God. And I'm going to connect the pieces. And I'm, going to, I'm going to try to do it all within, within a reasonable time because I struggled with hearing what God wanted for today until I got a hold of something, of some quiet time, and did some self-reflecting. And it's almost like a circle plot today. It's almost like, it's like I'm going to come around and, and I'm going to bring it all together because, because the mighty men and women of God have been put in you and I's life to help lift up and equip. 
And when you get a hold of this, you might just feel better about yourself and recognize that the person that God has put next to you is really here to help you, not to be your competitor. Right? We don't compete against each other. We lift each other up and encourage and want the body of Christ, no matter what think about us, like the Apostle Paul, it didn't matter what people thought about him. He was concerned about their eternal perspective and where they were headed. You can talk all you want up and down about the pastors and the ministry staff or whatever, but we are here to lift and encourage people up, whether they believe it or not, whether they're looking down or sideways or up, whatever it is, our mission is still the same, that we're here to equip those that will have an ear to hear and a heart to receive, minds to understand the goal and the mission of what being true servants of God is like, just like when we saw Pastor Rob come in to this body of believers equipping us for the next journey. I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful when you can get your eyes and your mind wrapped around what God is doing instead of just looking at the day-to-day narrow focus. You know, like them, you know, like them blinders on, on horses with Amish horses? They just, have their, they just have their buggy eyes like this, right? All they can do is go like this. Now, when it comes to Jesus, I want you to be like this. But when it comes to your daily lives, look at who God has placed in your life. That moment that Pastor Rob was a divine appointment, and you may not have known it. So go back and watch the video and see if you're not blessed as much as I was blessed. Because look at this. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? Count it all joy. Why should I consider trials joyous? Why should I be happy about a trial coming in my life? I don't want any trials. I want smooth seas. I don't want any I don't want any money problems. Right? I don't want any job problems. I certainly don't want any people problems. Oh, let me add one to there. I certainly don't want to have any ministry people problems. I want it always to go smooth. I never want to go after any demons or attack any demons or have 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 demonic activity. I don't want any of that stuff. I just want everything to be smooth. But it says, count it all joy when you fall into these trials. Listen, there's going to be trials in you and I's life that are here to equip us. And I'm going to show you in the Word of God something that's been revealed to me about building our faith. Because I always had an understanding of faith like I had to... I had to wait, how many of you heard you got to exercise your faith? Right? Got to exercise my faith today. I got to grow my faith. Got to grow my faith. Yeah, I'll show you something interesting in the Word today. It was revealed to me when you see mighty men of God call those things as not as if they were. When you see mighty men of God going through situations and they say, God's got this. I'm standing right here. Put a peg in the, put a peg in the ground. I'm not wavering from this. Put an anchor down. God's got this. And I ask you today, how do you view the trials in your life? How do you view those things in your life? Right? Because let me tell you, one of my biggest trials ever in my life 
is what led me to the Lord. Hello? Amen. It drew me closer to God, not further away from God. Yeah. When I was going through the worst time of my life, everybody's like, well, okay, but you haven't been where I'm at. You haven't been down this road where I don't know how I'm going to get through my mess. I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. I don't know how I'm going to get through this situation. Has anybody ever been in that spot? Where you had to just rely on God because you couldn't find help anywhere else? Amen. But you know what? I, I love here at the river because even when I'm going through trials, God has placed people around me to help me get out of my spot. Look at last night, for instance. People in our path, God knew beforehand what was going to happen, how we could be a blessing, and how things could work out for our good. Because we know people, and because we're connected. Right? I'm concerned about people that when they go through trials, they want to separate themselves. And they, and they want... And, they, and they, they allow themselves to be pulled away from the very source and the connection of where their joy really comes from and how they can be strengthened. And God is trying to bring them together as a body of believers. We could come together when we go through trials as opposed to a body that separates and goes our own ways. Because let me tell you, the devil would love and still loves, it's still the same trick, is to see if he can keep you out of church you're going through something, see if he can get you isolated. Because you know what happens? Then there the mind game comes in. Oh, I've done so much wrong. I've done this. I'm going through this. I must have sinned because that's why I'm going through it. Not necessarily. Can sin cause sickness? Yes. But let me tell you, there's also trials that can come about for your good. And the Bible says, count all, knowing that the testing of your faith, hello, produces patience. In other words, there's a testing that occurs that produces something in your life. Amen. Isn't that something? Read it, seen it, preached about it, know it, but yet when God gives you that revealed word, that Holy Spirit gets in you and says, listen, you went through battles up to now to prepare you for something. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm getting you ready. I'm, I'm building it. Okay, I'm building it. Because you've got to see that if you're going to say, I was born for such a time as this. If you can say that, who, who can say that with me? Yes, amen. Amen? amen? I was born for such a time as this. In other words, if you were born for such a time as this, then that means you are equipped for such a time as this, amen. which means you're also tested for a time, such a time as this. Because not everybody can go through something like you're going through right now. Huh? There's something, there's something when you face battles that's preparing you to get ready. You see, Peter had to get out of his boat. He had to put some faith and trust in Jesus as he walked on the water, did he not? A perfectly good Lund, and here he is walking right out of it. A perfectly good ranger, he's walking right out of it on the water. Why would you do such a thing, Peter? You've you got to get your comfort zone sometimes. The very first time I spoke... I spoke on the ministry of helps out of my comfort zone. But yet the Holy Spirit was in me to 
to help connect and bring a body of believers together to explain and understand the importance of why ministry of helps is so important and vital to a church because everybody has a place. God places the members as it pleases Him, doesn't it? So that means He has a purpose for each person to be connected, doing something for Him and for the body to be equipped and lifting up one another. Amen? It's wonderful when we, we start to think about that if you were born for now, then what have you been through that prepared you for your next battle? <laughs> right? And I got thinking about this. I'm like, Pastor Rob ministered, and then even, even through dinner and through just having some coffee, ministered in a way that said, listen, this man has been through some seasons. He went through trials. Just like you and I. Did I, did I win all my battles? Did, did, I, did, I, did I stand strong when the tornado hit my house? Well, kind of. Because at least I prayed. At least I prayed. But let me, let, me, let me reveal something to you. I was hunkered down like anybody would be. I wasn't no storm chaser going, look, it's forming. <laughs> it wasn't happening. I was tucked underneath a bed holding my little boy and putting a mattress over the top of us going, Lord, help me, save me. There was Peter looking at the wind. Huh? Looking at what the wind was blowing as my roof come off my garage. And I'm hunkered down. I'm thinking, why did I have to go through this, Lord? Don't, you knew I was getting ready to make a move. You said to make a move. And then now I got even more on top of me. How many of you have been trying to get someplace and things just come against you even harder yeah. and harder and harder, right? Yeah. And, and your faith is being tested. Right. You're like, will I press on or will I give up? Will I quit and give up and hunker down and say, I'm done? Or will I use that trial to produce something that stands strong no matter what you're facing? Mm-hmm. And I loved Love what I heard from Pastor Rob because he was an example to me that said, here's a mighty man of God. I'm dealing with something, yet he's speaking prophetically into my life on how to stand firm and the route he's taken. Why? Because he's been through some storms. He's been through some seasons and he succeeded. I don't know all of them that he's been in, but what he shared with me was pretty impressive. No different than you or I that goes, hey, you're going through something. Well, I've been through that. Let me help you. I've been through that situation. I've been through this sickness. Let me help you get through it. Right? That's why the body of believers is important because you may have went through a trial. You may have went through a trial that I'm getting ready to go through. Pastor Vanessa may have went through a trial that says, hey, I need some coaching to help me get through this trial. You've been through it. How do I get through it? I don't know how to get through it. And then God places you with someone and says, here, let me help you get through it. Right? right? Amen. Amen. So sometimes the trial you go through, go through, the trials you go through, can simply be equipping you and others for you to be that vessel to help someone else. Right. Wow. Really? The worst time of my life, yet now here I minister in the Word of God, trying to speak life into someone else. One that didn't want to follow God, did his own thing, had a belief in God, because everybody believes in God. But yet, how many follow God? 
How many will attend his house? How many will be glad when they said unto me, let us go on to the house of the Lord? How many, how many will lay down their nets and follow Jesus? Right? That fishers of men that, that drew me as a, as a fisherman, that it drew me and said, listen, oh, wow. That sounds so awesome. Until it's time for you to lay down your net. And don't chase little green fish anymore. When you were fishing five days a week, six days a week, Sunday mornings was all about fishing. Tournaments were a big thing. It's all great until the Lord deals with you and says it's time to put that, put that away. I'm going to purge something in your life. No one likes that. The, it was all it sounded all wonderful until the moment that the rubber hit the road. Well, I can do that. I can be a fisherman. I all right, Matthew chapter, we're gonna do this to until it was time for me to say, Okay, Lord, I tried everything my way. I even I even did my own my own tournament circuit so that I could do what I want to do, and I can run the tournaments like I want to run them. And God says, okay, you're in my word. You're doing this, now it's time to come out and totally be separate. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. I'm going to purge you completely. You're going to see a trial like you've never seen before, but I'm going to purge you completely from your old ways and your old mess, and I'm going to renew you. I'm going to put in a new heart. A heart of flesh and not of stone. I'm going to do a new thing in your life where you're going to, you're going to see things that you didn't think that was possible, but yet it's going to grow you and, and compel you and strengthen you to new levels. Ouch. Ouch. How can you find joy in that? Because I'm going to follow the Lord and do what He wants me to do. I must decrease so that He will increase. Amen, sister. Amen. How often do we forget that? I must decrease. And he must increase. In our trials, does it become all about us? All about him. You see, this time of year has always been a reflection of me because we always talk about thankfulness, don't we? It always comes up. But if you've heard me speak any at all, it's about being thankful all the time. Pray your way being thankful. When you have a problem or trial, what do I tell you? Thank God in advance for what he's about to do. That shows that you have faith that he's going to handle. You have an expectation that God is going to move in your life. Why do I say that? Because I've been that one who's hunkered down going, God, help me, help me, help me. Now there's a transformation in my trials that says, speak to that mountain and move. Right? So in Matthew, we, we learn of this thing. We learn from Pastor Rob speaking in Matthew, we learned. But, but I want to take you first to 2 Corinthians. I got, a, I, got a, I got off the rails there for a minute there, but I got to get back on track to connect all these verses for you. Because it will equip you. That's what we're called here to do, right? Yes. Is, is equip and prepare you the way of the Lord, right? Amen. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 
Now we're not going to the love chapter. That's in that's in First Corinthians. We're going to go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, chapter five. And we are there. Say Amen. 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 Verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Look at the Word of God says. This is where today's message started to form of hearing the voice of the Lord. As I began to seek the Lord going, what do you have me to say today? I've told you many times, Lord, what do you have me to say? You Use this mouth as a mouthpiece to bless your people. And in his word, he says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Listen, this, this is monumental in today because the church of Corinth had an issue with Paul. Because if you read in these verses... This is Paul's third writing, and Paul was a pretty strong man. He was a, he was a strong man of God, and, and it was time to lay down the, lay down the word. Because the Corinthians had, had a problem. They were spiritually awesome and gifting, but there was things in their life that they were not complete. And the apostle Paul wanted to show grace and his love, and, and they would criticize him. And they'd come against him, and yet he knew he was qualified. He knew what God had said to do. He knew what God has tell, telling him to do. But the main concern was their right behavior, not their opinion of him. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that may be a word for any one of you as you begin to minister and you begin to teach and you begin to help each other. Don't be worried about what their opinion is of you. Understand that you are blessed and called of God, and there's, there's royal blood flowing through your veins that you're designed to be a mouthpiece for God. And there's, there's something burst in you that it may still be a rumble and boil, but there's going to be a, a flowing out of your belly someday that through the trials of life will push and press through no different than the birthing pains, that at some point in time, it has to come out of you. Yes. You are called for a purpose. He knows the plans that He has for you, right, church? Amen. So, so there's something mighty and grand in you, but we've got to remember, don't be worried about other people's opinions of you. Come on. Man, I had to worry about this. I... I I was so concerned about this when I started, I started ministering out into the world. I, was, I, was, I, I started my, my own, uh, it, was, it was a Christian bass tournament trail. It was a, it was a mimic and a copy of a, of a guy who did it, and I kind of ran with what the Lord had a vision for me. And I would stand for 20, 30, 40 people. I'd even set up my little white table. I'd set it at the ramp where they had to hear the Word of God. Before they could go fishing. Love these guys. I miss a bunch of them. Some of them I talk to. But some didn't recognize what God was doing in my life then. And I think there's probably people in your life that don't realize what God's doing in your life right now either. 
Is God working on you to the point that he's molding and shaping you through trials and through different things, helping you and strengthening your faith and, and renewing that strength in you and believing in your touch and believing in faith that when you call those things are not as if they were and you believe and you speak to the wind and says, be still. All those things, God is transforming you to, to, to flow and have faith and let the river flow out of you, but yet the people around you just don't understand it. And you're going to face this in your life because I face this in my life. And it was so challenging because they're like, who's this guy? What's, what's him all about? Yeah. And then I would go fish. But I wanted to be a fisher's of men. I was trying to reach the men and women that I was closest to at that time because God was doing something and he was getting seasoned to say, listen, I want to make a difference here. And he placed me in an area to tell people. And there were some people after that that passed away that I, I can only hope. I never heard confession of faith by many. But I can only hope in their last days that they came to know Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. I believe I was planting seeds in an area that those guys knew the truth but denied the truth and were rebellious in the truth because it was all about the fish. But it was tough for me. You're like, well, what's so hard about that? Try it. Those of you that know what it's like to get in this pulpit know that there's a pressure that comes on you and there's attacks that come on you. You may be uh, at women's breakfast or men's breakfast or, or where I was at fishing tournaments or maybe out on the street and you're like, there's that anxiety that comes on to strengthen you. Listen, I can help you in that area because I know what it's like for God to move me from that area to where I'm at today. Where I don't feel uncomfortable speaking to whether it's 10 or 500. And I don't really care whether I'm speaking all over the internet or not either. At first we started out with the radio and we started recording and then we went live because you know what? There's people that need to hear this word of God. Go listen, don't grow weary in doing good. Stand strong in the word of God when you're going through trials. Count it all joy. We're here to help. There's people listening to my voice that need to know that there are people still praying for them whether they're here in this seat or they're not, whether they're in the hospital or not, they got to know that there's somebody that believes in a higher power. His name is Jesus, the name above every name, yes. that we are calling upon his name for their healing. Mm -hmm. There's people sitting in hospital beds right now going, what do I do? We're praying for them, and they need to know that there's somebody that loves them. Yes. The love of Jesus Christ is in us, right? Then we're not to be reservoirs. We're designed to be rivers because wherever the river goes there's supposed to be healing right but test yourselves because listen sometimes the men of god speak about their trials and they're like man i have failed so bad i was thinking about when all the pandemic hit i was thinking about Where's my faith? I look back now, and I have the heart of a shepherd that cares about the people. Want the very best for the people, no matter what. Protect, right? Yet, part of protecting is not just hunkering down and praying. Sometimes protecting is 
no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. You see, there's something that we learn in our battles that positions us for the next season. There's something we, we may feel like we failed, but yet when you look back, God was going, I'm grooming you. I'm polishing you. You're going through something, but it's for a purpose later on. When I hunker down in the tornado time, but yet the next time the, st the, the storm hit, where was I at on the roof? Whew. There was no hunkering down then, was there? No. Different guy. Same guy, different strength, renewed faith. Right. Stronger faith. One time I spent weeks on end by hospital bed. Wondering what to do. God was drawing me closer to him. Praying, crying. I mean, have you ever been there? Rough times. But then, not many years after that, I went and visited a woman at a hospital. And the woman was in real trouble. She had her relative there of ours that was very negative in nature. How many of you know people like this? Amen. Pray for them. I'm not condemning them. But God's got to do some work on our tongue that speaks death or speaks life. And I had learned through mighty men of God that we're to speak life into situations, not doubt and fear. Now, it's easy to speak fear and doubt. We're in a trial, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But I went to that hospital room and visited. You know how you do, right? Okay, hey, we're praying for you. Here's a card. Here's some flowers. We're praying for you. Hope you get better. I walked out of that room. Something wasn't right. You were there. And I said to myself, and the Lord was dealing with me, He's like, you got to go back in that room. I'm sitting there in the parking lot. Like, What am I going to do, Lord? Am I just going to drive away? I, 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 I'm hoping you got this, God. He says, no, I want you to go back in that room. I want you to pray. And I went, I couldn't let it go. And I went back in and said, listen, i got to pray. I, I know this woman is speaking doubt and negativity, and I'm not going to have any of it. I'm going to pray over you. I'm believing in faith that you will be healed. That woman to this day is alive and still has many years left. Praise God. Amen. And praise God I'm not giving myself any credit at all. I'm giving God the credit because, because I'd been transformed from one who just said, well, I hope they get better, to one that put the words to action of what God was putting in me to say, listen, I'm going to go pray believing in faith yes. that this is going to happen. Amen. I'm not letting this other situation happen. I'm going to believe and expect things to change. I've seen this mighty man of God go through things and we dealt with the, with the church, and I'm, and I'm being groomed. I'm like, God, this isn't too fun. You know? Right? Anybody ever tell God that? Going through something, like, this, this ain't too fun, God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not digging this. this. This ain't on my high list of things to do today. Get a little whiny, a little complainy. 
right? So you want to be a pastor, right? That's good. That's really good. And the man of God stands strong because he'd been in prayer. And something about him and his faith appeared to be bigger and stronger. Right? Let me show you something. Go with me into First Peter. Too many post notes. Are you there? First Peter chapter three. I can find it. First, first Peter one. Sorry, I, I can't read my own handwriting. It's verse, verse three, not chapter three. Verse three. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3. Amen. Amen. Amen? The Word of God says, blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Amen? Amen. There's a hope. There's a future. There's an eternal home waiting for you. Jesus said, if I go away, I come back and I prepare a place for you. There's rejoicing, waiting, knowing that someday when we take our last breath, we'll be present with the Lord. That's for the believer, by the way. That's for the one who's who's repented and turned and is waiting for that time of refreshing, that one who's, who, is, who understands that we've every one of us have fallen short and missed the bullseye and that we need Jesus Christ. That's who that's for. Believer, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Have any of you in your lifetime been grieved by the trials of your life? Yeah. Absolutely we have been. But look what the Word of God says in verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
Did, did you catch that? The genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, it is tested by fire. Pastor Rob talked about our faith, and he talked about mustard seed faith, right? In Matthew chapter 5. So let me, let me put these pieces together, and let, let me reveal something to you. Because in our faith, as we exercise our faith, I don't want you to lose track of that verse, so just bear with me as we go through here. He talked about having the faith as a mustard seed. And we'll get to that scripture in a minute. Faith, how many of you have heard it said, faith the size of a mustard seed? Right? Amen. I've heard it ministered so many times, and, and Pastor Rob ministered, and I got to praying about this and seeking the Lord, and I'm like, Our trials are to challenge us, and our faith is tested as by fire. Is it possible that the very measure of our faith that's given, we often go through trials and the fire to purge us of the impurities found in our faith? Is it possible that that man of God and Pastor Rob and, and all these mighty men of God that I know and women of God that I know, have been through some battles and some fiery seasons in their life that purge the impurities of their faith as just as gold that turns into a refining fire of purity, of pure gold, because all of the junk has been burnt away. Is it possible that this mustard side seed of faith is... is at a level not that you're weak and that you're small and you're just starting out and you haven't built your muscles up. Maybe, in fact, that the, the amount of faith that these men of God have is because they've been through the seasons of purging and in prayer and in fasting and have ref, God has refined this faith with no longer the impurities of doubt and fear and worry that many of us may face when we go through trials. You see, the fear and the doubt that comes in. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Disciples? I believe all of us are, 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 are believers. I hope everyone watching the broadcast is a believer. If not, it's a great thing. You should try it. Your life will be better. I can't promise you peaches and cream and pizza and ice cream. But let me tell you, to know that you don't have to go through this life alone is an awesome thing. To go through this life knowing you have believers is an awesome thing. To know that when you take your last breath, you'll be at the presence of the Lord is an awesome thing. Yeah. Is it possible that, that a man of God can stand strong and say, we're going to do this because he'd been in the situation before and was an example to us afterwards, leaving a legacy of imparting faith into each of us? Because that's what I feel happened to me last week. When I heard it, I received from a man of God, may not even have ever realized it, what God was doing to this guy as I was sitting in the seat just like you. It was imparting faith and revealing to me that the trials of life will often purge our fear and our doubts that get in, right? When the storms come. The trials, the storms, when, when you've, you've, you've put your faith and trust 
you built your house on the rock and not on sand, right? But yet, let me tell you, if you build a house, you still got to put the windows and the doors in. You can have the nicest home that there is, but if, you're, if you don't have any windows and you don't have any doors, you know what happens? You let anything and everything in. That anything and everything that gets in causes this mind game and the doubt and the fear, but yet men of God said, I'm standing strong on the Word of God because it's gotten in there. And the junk has been purged out. That, that refining of our faith, the trials that we go in, I was stronger after the storm. The storm didn't take me out. The storm didn't take you out. The storm didn't take you out. But now you're stronger now. And the next battle you have, you're like, God's got this. I might totally be on a rabbit trail. But I believe I received from the Lord one of the things I needed to recognize God purging those impurities out of my life. Did, did He wash us in the blood? Yes. We're saved. Our sins were redeemed of the, of the blood of the Lamb, right? The blood of the Lamb, when we repented and turned, God washed us our sins. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the things that we go through, we count it all joy, knowing that it's going to produce something. Patience. It's going to produce that, that strength in God to get us through the situation. And I've seen mighty men of God that I felt like, um, like I was weak and wasn't able or, or I messed up. But yet... God showed me, it was an example to show you where I'm taking you. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You, you may see yourself as ins- insignificant. You may see God where they're at and, and pastor here and pastor there. Listen, they started where you're at too, and they developed their faith through seasons of life, prayer and fasting, believing God through the situations, and now are here to help you, not to put you down to help encourage you that you walk in your battle because one day you're going to have a battle that only you can fight. I told you about the story when I went out and I I was ministering and I went through certain things. You may have that same thing. You may have something in your jobs that you're facing that says, listen, I've got to trust God in this situation. Lean not on my own understanding and trust God. Right? It's easier said than done, isn't it? Right? So now, now go with me into Matthew chapter 17 as we bring this around to where Pastor, Pastor Rob was part of his message last weekend. Matthew chapter 17 verse 14 says, And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I, I wondered about that as I'm examining myself. I mean, you know, I was examining myself. I was like, do I have the faith? Do I, have, do I believe who I am? Do I believe who God says I am? That's why I love that one song that we sing. I, I am who, how's that go? 
There you go. Amen. Amen. I love that. Because how many times have you and I in the trials doubted who we are? Why am I going through this? Who, what, you know, remember the, remember the guy who was found in the ditch and the Samaritan came to? How do you think he got there? He was beat up, torn up, and didn't have any strength in himself anymore. And we've got to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen? How often do we see people going from on fire to cold and lukewarm? Right? And God wants you to be, he wants you to be on fire for him where things can get burned off of us and renewed. Right? So I'll keep on going. That's a whole other message right there. But verse 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Disciples? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you prayed and it didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out? And you're like, what is going on with me? What's wrong? You've got to get your eyes off yourself. You put your trust in Jesus Christ. You pray. But identify something here. He says, I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Ouch! Now that would be, how about if I start off just preaching that right off the bat this morning? Wouldn't that just, we just have everybody going out and getting something to eat. They, it's like, I'm out of here, I'm done. You know, Apostle Paul would have trouble preaching. I, you know, Jesus just threw it right at you. O faithless and perverse generation. And then, Remember, old Peter, he had to say, come out of this perverse generation. Are we living in a perverse generation today? I believe so. But yet the Bible says, come out and be separate from it. Remnant? Remnant? He says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Best thing you can do is take someone to Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus rebuked the demon. Oh, oh, now you just lost the crowd. Are you sure there's demons? Yes, there are demons. Just because you don't have experience with it doesn't mean that they don't exist. <laughs> because this sickness and this back and forth on fire, not on fire, in the water, in the fire, was demonic activity in a person's life. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move and nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing Nothing will be impossible for you. Are we there yet? I'm not so sure. Are there trials still to be had? Yes. Is there still some fiery purging? That has, in other words, these were disciples. 
followed Jesus, had the best teacher there was. Had the man himself. And yet, Jesus says, there's unbelief in there still. There's still some unbelief in there that's got to go. If you're going to move, you see, there's, you've got this, look at this, you've got currency, right? Pastor Rob talked about faith. What happens if gold has not been purified yet? And what happens when it has been purified? It becomes of more value, doesn't it? Is it possible that we have this big lump of junk that we've been given and the trials we have are designed to purge and burn off the impurities and God has to do a work and get this unbelief out? Because once you have it down to its purest form, then he says, you will say, you'll say to this storm, move. You will say, be healed. You can't get there if there's still a little bit of unbelief in there. If there's still a little bit of unbelief on who I am, if there's a little unbelief on my touch, if there's a little unbelief on what I'm called to do. <laughs> and God has to put you through some things and say, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purge you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you a little uncomfortable. <clears throat> Are you getting anything yet? Is it possible that God is grooming us for our next season and we don't even know it? <clears throat> right? Do you remember in the Bible in Daniel chapter 3 some gentlemen called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They kind of stand out, right? These three men, they kind of, they kind of went against the king's order. Because the king said you're going to bow down. If you bow down when I play all this and play that, Right? And they said, nope, ain't going to do it. <coughs> right? And the king said, well, if you don't do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in the fiery furnace. Right? Remember this? Right? I'm going to put you in the fiery furnace. And the people that grabbed these three men... They couldn't handle the heat. And they perished. But check Meshach and Abednego. There's something in them that was different. They were not going to bow no matter what happened in their situation. They were not going to give up on God. They were not going to give up on trusting the Lord. Now, you put your situation in there, however small, however big. These three men got a hold of something that we can glean from today, because who would have ever thought that we were going to have to make choices that we're making today? I never thought that I would be living in a day today that I've got to make some of the choices that I've made today. I never would have thought 
that when I gave my heart to the Lord, would I have been called to come out and be separate and give up this and give up that and give up that. But yet, the very things that I turned from and came out from, the very things that was a trial in my life, molded me and shaped me to who you see today. Is God done yet? (laughs) Don't put me on a pedestal. Because God's still got me on the potter's wheel too. And sometimes, like the potter, he's got to put a little pressure on. Sometimes when you know people that are in pottery, they start putting their hands on, they start raising the vase a little bit. It makes it taller. Expanding your territory a little bit. And these three men, they got a boldness, didn't they? Who would have thought in these days that some of us would have to make decisions like this? Who would have thought that you may be in a situation that is very taxing to you in trial, whatever it is? Are you going to stand firm on God? Are you going to put your faith... Or are there unbeliefs in there that is causing us turmoil and fret and grieving because we're going through this trial? And the Word of God says, count all joy. But let me tell you, these things that grieve you in your trials, there's a purging coming. There's a fire coming that washes away, if you will, that burns away the impurities that you may have a faith that stands. Because when you stand on the faith of God and you stand on the Word of God, Jesus Christ Himself is revealed in your life. Are you here? These these three men, they they would not let it go. So, very quickly, let me read through this. I I want to paraphrase it, but, but there's some words in here that we have been designed and equipped for a time as this, but the trials that you faced may have just put you in position like a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8, as I bring this whole thing around, he says, are you there yet? Daniel chapter 3, verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, uh, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. He says, There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. These gentlemen we're talking about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. These men, they do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you up. Don't worry about those that have an opinion of you. There's many that don't see the benefits of serving God, but don't let that spin you out. Stand strong on your decisions for following Christ and not be led back into your old ways. Then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury, oh, have you ever known people in rage and fury? 
Does the Spirit of God live in that? That's not a fruit of the Spirit, is it? I don't. I didn't think so. I, I'm, I'm thinking this Nebuchadnezzar dude. He's this king's got kind of a problem. So you can identify his fruit, can't you? You'll be known by your fruit. If rage and fury is commonplace, hello. Right. Rage and fury cannot be your day-to-day activity and call yourself saved. And there has to be some purging. You may have a belief in God, yes. But the fruit of the Spirit is not rage and fury. There's some purging that has to go on before the last day, let me just tell you. There has to be some purging of that unforgiveness. There has to be some purging of those old ways. There has to be some purging of that rage and fury. And he gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And in verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know, it reminds me. It reminds me of when those people talked to Peter. Is, is it true that you're one of his disciples? Mm, come on now. Uh, oh, is it true that you go to the river? Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Is it true? Or is it not? Or are you on both sides? Or do you have one foot in and one foot out? Because you're going to have to make a decision. It's going to pull you apart like a chicken bone. You know, the most miserable people are the ones that have one foot in the church and one foot out of the church. If you just get, you know, I don't want anybody to leave the church. But if they just get all in, they'd be so much happier with themselves in their yeah. life. Amen. It's just so much better. You, you, can't, you can't play serving God and serving man. You, you can't go back and forth. You're going to have to choose this day. whom you're gonna, There's going to be a fiery trial in your life. You've got to make a decision. I had to make a decision. Was I going to come out and be separate or was I going to stay in that mess? It's a trial. Oh, it's a fiery trial. It'll, it'll burn. It'll, it'll purify the dirtiest of sin. It'll purify the junk, the things that have got to go that you may be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. He says, now, if you are ready, are you ready? <laughs> but on this case, it says, if you're ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down, <sighs> so it's one thing that we hear, oh, I know what's going on in the world today, but it's another thing if we give in to it. Yeah. Amen. And you fall down, and you worship the image which I have made. So in other words, the world's ways. Nebuchadnezzar's ways. If you fall down and do what they say, all's good. No worries. Just do what the phone tells you to do. Do what the TV tells you to do. Remember, you were born for such a time as this. You've been gleaned to get you to here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have obviously gleaned to be able to stand strong in their season. That was theirs. It's now your time. 
It's now your time, I said. Amen. You now are going to have to choose. Are you going to go the world's way or are you going to go God's way? Amen. You're going to have to make a decision. And it's going, to, it's going to be a trial in your life that gnaws at you like you've never seen before until you get ready to get all in. You, you can't play. It, it's going to be a trial that's going to test you. It says, I, you know, and some people, they need it, saying, listen, let the Lord have his way until you surrender to God. Let every trial come until you give your heart to God. Let it come, because you know what? That's where I was at. People love me, yes, but it's when I went through my fieriest trial, my toughest time, that then, only then, did I finally say, yes, Lord. And I can stand before you saying, thank you, Lord, for those trials, even though they were tough. They were tough. Are you here? So verse 15. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who deliver you from my hands? Oh, that's a good question. Let me tell you about my Jesus. That's, that's who's going to defend me. Amen. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you on this matter. <laughs> I bet it's that talking. You know what I mean? When people are trying to get all up in your grill and make you do stuff that you know isn't right, and you say, yeah, talk to the hand. I'm not even going to address you in this mess. Verse 17 says, If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, which God are you serving today? Big G or little G? You're going to have to choose. Which one is it? Which one is it? Big G or little G? Whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Now, I'm going to ask you something. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty courageous statement. That's pretty bold. That, that's saying, I'm willing to stand against what I believe is wrong, and I'm going to stand for what I believe is right. Amen. And what I believe is right, I'm not going to pull that, you know, as a man thinks so he is, you know, or as a, as a man's way versus God's way. You know, it really boils down to, is it the Word of God? or not? Your mind will go back and forth between, is it God, is it not? You know, is it right? Is it wrong? Should I do this? Should I not? I mean, right? Anybody ever been that when you're in a trial? What, what should I do? And really what you got to do is you got to get in the Word of God and, and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to guide you in the way that you should go. Amen. Amen? And these men, they say, if that is the case, our God, you got to know who you have believed. Verse 18 says, But if not, let it be known to you, O king... I love this. I got this highlighted. So whether it works out in their favor or not. Hello? Yeah. Whether, whether what you're expecting to happen happens or not. Let it be known, <laughs> O king, and keep in mind, they're not being dis disrespectful. They're still acknowledging that he's a king. They're just not going to follow in what he wants to do. We can learn from that today. We can be 
standing on the word of God and still be respectful. Amen? But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. That takes great faith. Would you say that? Yes. I'm taking a stand. All of the things that I've been through up until now says is prepared for me for this moment. You, you may be going through situations right now that you can glean from this biblical account that says, am I going to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or not? Because it's easy to say, challenging to do. Verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You, ever, you guys realize that nonverbal will tell on you sometimes how you really are? Nonverbal communication is stronger than what you may think. <laughs> he spoke and commanded they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Anybody ever went through things and it gets even hotter? It gets tougher? You're like, how am I going to get through this? And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and come into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fire furnace. Then King Kevin Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to these counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men waiting in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Let me tell you, when you're going through a trial, there's nothing like recognizing the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself, there with you. When you're going through a trial, let me tell you, stand on the word of God and have faith that he's not left you, he'll not forsake you, nor will he leave you. When your faith is being tested, let me tell you, it's one of the most awesome things is when Jesus Christ himself is revealed in your life. I didn't hear the voice of God like I needed to. I didn't see things of God like I needed to. But the very trial that I went through brought Jesus Christ real and visible in my life and can do the same thing for you. Look, he answered, I see four men. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the sad traps, administrators, governors, and king's counselor gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. Who's higher? God? Or not? He... He is the ultimate. So when you're going through a fiery trial, know 
and declare, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The hair of their heads was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word. Uh-huh. Yep. And yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Who are you going to serve today? Choose day whom you're going to serve. You're getting ready to go into a trial. You need to know and People need to know whose side you're on. Amen. Amen? Therefore, I make a decree. This is a king. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh-oh, some people are about to have their eyes open because there's a remnant praying. He says, And Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. Because there is no other God who can deliver like this. There is, you need to get a hold of that in your spirit. There is no other God that can do what our God can do. You can say what you want. You can have an opinion of me. You can have an opinion of pastor. You can have an opinion of this church. You can have an opinion of whatever. But let me tell you, when you saints of God stand strong on the word of God, there's no other God that can do like our God. And let me tell you, let it be known, we're not bowing down. Amen. You know, I couldn't always say that. I'll show you. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. There was a time I failed. Just like maybe you failed. You might have caved. You might have given in. Well, I was doing this. I was, I was trying to use Scripture, and I was trying to be wise. I want to be here. In the first situation, we may not have had it right. Effective in prayer, yes. But like the king, he says, I'm going to give you a, another chance to bow down. There's another Time coming, you're going to have to make a really big decision. The first one we'll give you. There's grace. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly what you thought it was. And you got away with one. But there's another one coming where you're going to get a second chance to bow or not. And that's your word for today. Where are you going to stand when the second chance is offered to you to bow down? Learn from the first one. Because the trials you've been through has equipped you and trained you that you are not going to bow down on the second one. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Come back and hear the word of the Lord. Be encouraged. Stand strong on the word of God. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the river, 
you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.